Hello and welcome to Telling Stories. My name is James Tribbany. This week, we look at the story of the WWE UK NXT General Manager, Mr. Johnny Saint. A legend in his own time, a true gentleman, and a man that revolutionized professional wrestling for a whole new audience in the 1970s. Johnny Saint is a product of Lancashire, and he's one of the best of British. Now the first event on your program is for the British Lightweight Championship. Ten rounds, five minutes each round, two balls, two submissions, or one carry to decide the winner. In the left corner, from Manchester, the challenger, Johnny Saint! Johnny Saint met Billy Robinson in the unlikeliest of circumstances. Billy's mother was a hairdresser, and Johnny's mother went to get her hair done. As mothers do, they talk, and Billy's mother happened to mention that Billy was a wrestler. Johnny's mother mentioned that Johnny was a boxer, and he was a boys' club champion, and was athletically gifted schoolchild. The two decided it would be a great idea if they met, and soon Billy was taking Johnny to his father's gym in Manchester. Always interested in the fighting arts and being an open of mind, Johnny realised there would be more sparring partners if he took up wrestling, and found a natural affinity for it. Billy encouraged him to learn in the pro style, and made his debut against a friend and trainer, Colin McDonald, in the North East. Realising the possibilities of extra income available to him, he began to wrestle all... He began to wrestle on the clubland circuit, in and around Greater Manchester, which given the times was no bad thing. He was able to develop his signature moveset as mat work and counter-attack chain method that he called Escapology Style, well away from the larger audience. The club circuit was busy, and it kept him in work six nights a week, as he revealed in his Art of Wrestling interview with Colt Cabana. He was soon able to leave factory work behind and concentrate on the wrestling full-time. His style developed taking on board some of the work of noted Escapology Style pioneer and lightweight champion of the world, George Kidd. But by the time the majors did come calling for Saint, he was the finished article, a highly polished and experienced wrestler who was ready to take on the world. His steady climb up to the ranks of headliner came from a feud that was a natural attention getter with the perennial British lightweight title contender Jim Brakes. Johnny took his first and in fact only British title reign in 1971, taking the belt from Zoltan Boschik, who had relieved Jim of the belt in 1968. The rivalry was a perfect fit, the purebred face Saint versus the purebred heel Brakes. Their big showdown came on the cup final day in 1973. Brakes took the title from Saint in 71, losing it to John Cortez in 72 and gaining it back again, while Saint worked his way through contender battles. Bearing in mind wrestling was still a sport back then, and these contender matches were taken very seriously indeed. They ran into each other again in the non-title bout in March of 1973, which Saint won, and it set up the title bout for cup final day in May. The bouts were classics of their time, the build towards the title match being especially noteworthy for Brakes' performance. The canny Yorkshireman had his patter as crybaby to a T, but he's a chronically underrated as a mat wrestler. The perfect fall for the clean-cut Saint. The cup final day match is particularly important to watch for a number of reasons. Firstly, the handshake at the beginning of the bout of pure respect for one another despite their heated rivalry. The spot halfway through the bout where Jim completely breaks character to burst out into a big grin purely because he's enjoying wrestling Saint so much he can't help himself, and the innovative, by UK standards, cut-stoppage finish. This bout had it all. The fact that it took place on cup final day showed how much faith the joint had in Saint and Breaks, given the biggest shot window possible to sell their wares. It propelled both of them onto bigger and better things. The era was largely driven by lightweights and welterweights in joint promotions when it came to quality wrestling. Alongside Breaks, there was a plethora of top line talent on the British circuit. Steve Gray was beginning to develop his skills on national TV for the first time. On the heel side of things, Mick McManus was often willing to drop down from middleweight for scientific bouts with Saint, which put across another side to McManus's pure heel aesthetic. The fabulous Royal Brothers' younger half, Vic Faultland, was a perennial welterweight contender and held the British title twice. 
His matches with Saint are still to be viewed as chain wrestling classics between two men who just loved wrestling and couldn't stop smiling the whole way through. For this level of competition, it would take someone very special to rise to the top. With George Kidd heading towards retirement, and British promoters were looking for a replacement to represent Joint on the world stage. Though I can imagine it was a tough choice, Saint had all the tools. He was ambitious, smart, and sensible enough to protect himself. You never found him tagging with Big Daddy or, or other such indignities, though he was always willing to be a promoter friendly, so it was Saint who beat Jim Bricks one more time in November of 1976 to become the new world's lightweight champion in a tournament final. He was to be the perennial long-term champion, regaining the belt ten times in the next 20 years. His keynote feuds pushed him through the joint era, defending and losing the belt to Steve Gray, John Cortez, Jackie Robinson, and of course his career-long nemesis, Bradford publican Jim Bricks. His profile improved, however, in 1988, when he moved to All-Star Promotions, taking the world title with him. He dropped the title to longtime journeyman, Mike Flash Jordan. The bowling star had always been a nearly man in the lightweight scene, and slowly started to let his frustration show in his series of matches with Saint. Turning heel, he won the belt in 1988, and the next TV series would set up feuds on All-Star cards exposed by their non-title matches on TV. While he worked for All-Star, he had some great TV catchweight contests with Dave Finley and Mark Rocco. After dropping it one last time to Steve Gray in 1988, Johnny moved into the 90s with one hell of a reputation, but after 30 years at the top of your chosen pursuit, what was there left to do? He retired the belt in 1992 and took a break from the mat game, and took a break from the mat game, only returning for his first trip to Japan. He was booked alongside an ailing Dynamite Kid for the Michinuki Pro Show, These Days, where he wrestled Nahiro Hashikawa in an old school match under Mount Evans rules. He was treated with reverence and respect by the Japanese crowd, and went off into retirement, likely to be never heard from again, aside from the odd reunion. Well, that's not how it turned out. Happy in his retirement in Rill, Johnny was one day surprised to receive a letter from an American grappler called Chris Hero. Chris was one of the new generation of American wrestlers who had taken to collegiate approach to training and gone out of their way to learn everything they possibly could. Impressed by his training sessions with Dave Taylor, William Regal and Dave Finley at the WWE tryout camps, he had gone on a search to find the best British wrestling he could and contacted Saint to say thank you and explain his love of British wrestling, which he duly did on his next UK visit, working the holiday camps as many grapplers who visit the UK do. He won't be the only disciple on a pilgrimage. In 2009, Colt Cabana had been released from his WWE contract after years in the developmental banging his head against a brick wall. On leaving the WWE, he came up with a plan to put his career back on track. Step 1, move to Chicago. Step 2, wrestle Johnny Saint. Thankfully for Colt, Johnny was starting to get itchy feet again. The admiration of people like Hero, Cabana and a whole host of fans who had discovered his unique style through the YouTube had spurred him on to have another crack. This created a series of matches in the LDN promotion, culminating in a match with LDN British heavyweight champion, Gentleman John Ritchie. So Colt came to the UK and wrestled Johnny and Lees to round off Colt's initial post-WWE ambitions. Having always been a world traveller, specifically in non-traditional markets, Johnny had always wanted to try a crack America. However, in his day, he really wasn't the size or style for any American promotion to take him on. Now, however, new companies that specialised in lighter wrestlers were being put together all over the States. Chikara, the visionary company led by wrestling historian and enthusiast Mike Quackenbush, also a great pro stylist who is more collegiate than anyone when it comes to learning wrestling techniques, realised that now was the time and it was possible to bring Johnny Saint to the United States for the first time. Johnny made his Chikara debut wrestling Quack at the World Tag League Grand Prix in Elberhausen, Germany in 2008. A successful union, it played into the scientific feud that Claudio Castagnoli, Cesaro to you, was having with Quack. Claiming that he would put together the best qualified team he could for the King of Trios in 2009, Mike recruited Jorge Scaida Riviera and Johnny to form Team Master of a Thousand Holds. Claudio, for his part, recruited the best in the world, Brian Danielson, now some bloke called Daniel Bryan, you may have heard of him, 
and Squire Dave Taylor to form Team Uppercourt. The two teams seemed on collision course in the semi-final of the Viking Hall, formerly known as ECW Arena in South Philadelphia. Johnny Saint made his US debut as the Shikami gave him a deafening salute that had not been heard in that building since the days of the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer. Saint made another corner of the world fly a red rose flag and took his new nickname, Shikara's Living Legend, with the aplomb and dignity that has marked his career. And that is telling stories for today. For WWE UK NXT General Manager Johnny Saint. He's done more than you think. Thank you for reading our sponsors in the Empire Magazine, and thank you for watching powerslam.tv where you can get a free month with our code MULLETWATCH. This podcast was written, produced, and edited by James Troopney. Music by Sheriff Lone Star, Deputies of Heartbreak, Salmon Salad Boogie. You can find The Troopney Show on Twitter, at Troopney Show, on Facebook, The Troopney Show, and at Patreon, The Troopney Show, where you can keep us free forever, for everyone. <laughs>